And welcome, everybody, to the very first Coach Josh Conklin show of 2021, brought to you by RJ Rockers. Watford head football coach Josh Conklin joins us now. And man, it this this wacky, weird season. I, I never thought I'd be saying welcome to spring football 2021, but man. Coach, it came off, it got off to a great, great start Saturday with a resounding 31-14 win over the Mercer Bears. Uh, how are you doing, first of all? Have you, are you into football mode, regular season mode now? Yeah, no, it feels like we went back in time. It feels like we should be getting ready for uh, Halloween or something, not, uh, you know, not the spring. But no, we're excited to be here. It's been a, uh, it's been a long time coming, obviously, and it was just good to be back out on the grass and, and playing, you know, college football. You know, football season and football coaches and their families and players, there's a rhythm to that season, the rhythm to the calendar that's been completely disrupted by everything the entire nation has been going through. Um, before we get into the, the game and, and, and between the lines, how have you dealt with that? How has your family dealt with that? Usually at this time of year, you're you're recruiting and getting ready for spring practice. And then the summer has a certain, you know, rhythm to it. You, you finally get some time off and then you get ready for the season. Uh, it's all different now, isn't it? No, it really is. I think the probably one of the, the most difficult things for us during this time is, you know, this is the coaching cycle. Um, this is when, you know, guys are hiring and Obviously, guys getting fired. Um, it's coming to a close here now in February, but you know we had to deal with a little bit of that. I think that um, you know had some adversity to it. Obviously, uh, losing a couple of coaches on our staff and, and replacing them. So all those things, you know, kind of kind of go into it. Typically, right now we would be just finishing up spring ball or getting pretty close to finishing up spring ball in the first week of March, um, and then you get into spring recruiting. Um, getting ready for summer camps and, and obviously all that's going to be sped up. And, you know, we had some downtime uh, in terms of the football world during the, the fall months. Uh, but now it's going to be, you know, all gas, no breaks for about uh, eight or nine months here until probably the end of next, you know, the next season, just because of all the things that we've got to get uh, get done and continue to get going on. Yeah, I want to get touch upon those staff changes a little bit later on, but let's get to the uh, the task at hand. And on Saturday, the task at hand was the Mercer Bears. We didn't know what to expect. They came in with the new coaching staff. They also had the advantage of playing three games in the fall. Wofford hadn't played a game in over 440 days. So realistically, what were your expectations heading into Saturday? You know, we didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I thought that uh, we wanted, you know, we wanted it to be as clean a game as we possibly could. We didn't want to have a bunch of mistakes. Uh, we wanted the guys to play with a lot of effort. Um, you know, I was concerned about the tackling, the blocking, some of the things that just, you know, you, you kind of lose when you don't play football for a long time. Um, some of the basic fundamentals. But I thought collectively as a group, you know, we did some of those things really well. And I thought, you know, for me as a head coach, I, I think – that was probably one of the most rewarding things is you guys came out, they wanted to play, they wanted to be there, they wanted to compete. Uh, it looked pretty clean, you know, and, and we executed, I thought at a pretty good level for not, again, having played for over a year. So um, all those things were, were phenomenal to see. And I think just great things that we can build on, you know, as a program here, moving forward into the, uh, into the rest of the spring season. Now with the exception of the first play from scrimmage, in which uh, a quarterback goes the wrong way, we're all boy, oh boy, here we go. It was such a solid first half. So let's go ahead and take a look at the first half highlights, Wofford and Mercer on Saturday. Down in about eight for the Bears from midfield. Frost in the shotgun. 
He'll drop back and look left. Gets it slapped out of his hand. Ball's on the field. Who's got it? And it looks like no, no, no preliminary signal yet. Wofford players are saying they have it. They're still saying they have it. And they do with running backs on either side. We'll hand off and it's right side and that's Mulligan. Wyrick gets the shotgun snap. Another handoff to Mulligan and he is in the end zone. And the Terriers are on the board for the first time in 2021. Underneath the ball, Peavy under center. And in motion and takes the handoff. That is a slash off the left by Brandon Marshall and not much room again. Time and time again. Wyrick is back to pass on third down. Looking left and that is complete. And a nice grab out there by Sanders who looked like he juggled it for a moment but held on for the first down. And especially for a team that did not play Wofford. Little pitch around, end around and that is going to be stuffed. That is T.J. Neal with the stop. Talk about staying at home. That's what you have to do. Third down. Long way for Mercer to go for the first down. Peepee's back to pass. He's got pressure for the backside. Mason makes the hit. A ball is loose again. Second time, Michael Mason to strip the ball away. And I think Mercer fell on this one. I think they called, ruled it incomplete. In fact, that's a good point. And here's another look at it. That's oh, awfully that's close. That's closer than I thought from yeah. the previous angle. And that's what they're looking at. You that, brought up a, a good point. That ball right there. Yeah, he has started is moving. Empty. That's a fumble. Luther is to the left side of the formation. Sanders to the right. Wyrick back to throw. Looking deep. That one's going to be complete. Sanders on a crossing route. Oh, he gets belted as he goes out of bounds. What a throw that time by Jimmy Wyrick and great protection by his offensive line. Gave him a pocket to throw out of, and Wyrick just steps into that thing and a ball on a rope. We'll send. Moore in motion. He stops on the right side of the formation. An option that way to Walker. Walker gets a block, turns the corner, 10, and he'll be knocked down on about the eight-yard line. He'll be about three yards short of the first down. Kick is up, and it is good. So Dawson Hennis is perfect for the afternoon with one PAT and a 25-yard field goal. Motion back to the left. PB rolls out. He's got pressure from Mason again, and he's just got to throw it into the ground as his primary outlet, DeAndre Johnson, was triple covered by the Wofford defense. Well, he tried to send everything to the left, sneak Johnson back out to the right, and Wofford had three guys over there, including Michael Mason staying at home. Receivers to the left. Wyrick back to throw. Rolls to his right, looking, and that is going to be caught for a first down on the sidelines. A fingertip snag by Keandre Sanders and another first down for Wofford. He was close to stepping out of bounds as he was juggling that ball. In fact, uh, I wasn't positive he didn't in live action. Lost it, got it back in. Got the left foot down, it looked like. Terriers have the offense on the field, fourth and nine. Wyrick is going to go for it and throw down the middle. And that is going to be caught. <laughs> Landon Parker. Inside the five, Landon Parker took it away from two Bears for the fourth down conversion. Oh, what a beautiful throw. And uh, Landon Parker, great concentration as two Bears were around him to make that catch. You get a 
another look at it here. Offensive line gave Jimmy a clean pocket. And just uh, Parker kept his eye on it. That's Wofford looking to pad this lead. Give off inside, Broussard. Did he get in? He's awfully close. Touchdown, Terriers. Take a knee and go to the locker room. Formation for Wofford as Jimmy Wyrick does just that. And a great first half for the Wofford Terriers as they debut 2021 in style, at least in the first 30 minutes. So heading into the locker room with a couple of score lead, like you said, the, the, the clean first half, you know, I think you only had four penalties for the entire ball game. You didn't have those procedure penalties and guys not lining up. Everything that you expect after a long layoff. And then, Coach, I think it's a credit to the players and, the, and a credit to the coaching staff as well. You guys really kind of had your your eyes dotted and your T's crossed. Yeah, no, I think that's the uh, – I think that was probably the most rewarding thing, Jim, coming out of the game. Um, obviously, we got the win. Uh, but our guys, you know, they took a lot of pride in being coached up. I felt like our staff did a tremendous job of getting those guys coached up and you know, as a professional uh, doing what we do, uh, that's, you know, what you wanted it to look like, or at least close to what you wanted it to look like, because it could, it could have looked a lot worse. I mean, I remember, I mean, I told my wife when I woke up on Saturday morning, I said, I'm entering this game with no expectations at all. Um, we want to win, but there's not going to be any expectations because I just didn't know what to expect. So uh, coming out of there on Saturday, it, it got the juices flowing. Um, as far as a coach, you, you were excited to get back in on Sunday and go to work and get ready to game plan again. And, uh, again, it feels like we're, you know, I look out my window right now. It looks, it feels like we're, we should be in the fall at some point in time, but we're, we're in February. So uh, other than that, I think it's, it feels pretty normal. I know we had planned to kind of see a couple of different guys, at quarterback, Jimmy Wyrick and, and, and Peyton Derrick. And with that amazing stable of running backs, you never know who can carry the ball at a certain time, but it looked like things, especially in the first half, Josh, were working so well. Wyrick was effective. He had good game presence. Uh, Urban Mulligan took the ball and rolled on down the field. At that point, going coming out of the locker room and going into the second half, are you just going to say, hey, let, let's ride the guys with the hot hand because they haven't made any mistakes to warrant being pulled out at that point? Yeah, no, I think when you get exactly right, when you go into a game and, and those guys have earned uh, that starting job or that starting spot, you know, going into the game, uh, if they proved those first few series that they they need to be there and they need to belong um, on the field and you keep them going and I felt like that's kind of what we did with both those two guys that you mentioned um, they played well um, they did what they were supposed to do I thought the game slowed down for Jimmy because I was concerned about you know what it would be like for him especially his first start um, but the game slowed down he made good decisions didn't turn the ball over um, and again just kind of felt more and more comfortable and the more snaps that he's going to take in those live situations obviously the better he's going to be and the better he's going to get now, coming out of the locker room in the second half, Mercer did mount a good drive to begin the third quarter. So let's go ahead and pick up the highlights from that point as the Terriers try to hold off the Bears. Six for Wofford from their own 34. Man in motion. Wyrick throws over the middle. And that's going to be complete for a first down. He finds the big man, Garrison Moore, the tight end into Mercer territory. Yeah, the senior out of Columbia, Ben Lippin School. Did a nice job just coming across the middle. Great pass protection again, giving Wyrick a nice pocket to throw from. Wyrick, this time he'll hand it off right up the middle and picking his way through the defense. That's Irwin Mulligan again. Irvin Mulligan 
first down for the Terriers. He's all the way down to the Mercer 31. A redshirt freshman out of Buford had a great first half. Great vision, good uh, jump cut there. It's Walker again, and this time he's into the end zone for the Terrier touchdown. Yeah, same formation that they just ran the, the previous play out of, and if it worked that time, run it again, and Walker finds the end zone. Terriers with their third rushing touchdown of the day. That is career touchdown number six for the junior out of Ridgeville, South Carolina. Drive of their own, taken at the length of the field. Nathan Walker caps it off. The Terriers have themselves a 24-7 lead. Man in motion is Deerham. It's Clark. And how about that play? Oh, my goodness. Tanner Barnes snipped that one out. Actually, a nice job by Clark to fall forward and keep it from being a bigger loss. Marshall is the setback behind Peavy. He'll get the give. Wow. And Marshall is not going anywhere, and Wofford will take over on downs. Brandon Michael. Brown made the initial hit. And Michael Mason finished it off. They take over with 3.34 to go in quarter number three. And now the Terriers have a 24-7 lead and the football. And do they smell a little blood in the water here now, too? You take a chance to go up top. We shall see. I'm going to hand it off on first down, and why not right up the middle? And a big, big gainer. In motion is Marshall. Bumble. Bumble. And Wooten let it go, and Wofford's on top of it. I think it's Elijah Ball recovering it. Yeah, I don't think PB and Wooten combined on that handoff at all. I don't know whether Al Wooten had complete control. We'll look here. Uh, that's the old option where I think Wooten either thought that PB was trying to pull it out or PB was indeed trying to pull it out. Lock continues to run here in the fourth quarter. The Terriers with a 17-point lead. And Weirich's going to pull the ball down and look deep. Floating along over the middle. It's complete. Big gainer into Mercer territory. That is Demario Van Cleve on the other end. 24-7 Terriers. Weirich hands off to Broussard. Broussard turns the corner and he is in. Jamari Broussard. Wofford eight seconds away from beating Mercer for the seventh consecutive time since Mercer joined the Southern Conference. Again, the Terriers are the only SOCON team the Bears have not defeated. So they will go ahead and surround Peyton Derrick with black jerseys. And that will do it. Your final score from Gibbs Stadium Wofford 31 and Mercer 14. The Terriers start off this crazy spring season on a roll. So the final score 31 to 14. Obviously, Wofford moves to 1 and 0 in the season. There's never a bad time to be in first place, as I always say. And coming out of that, uh, the real revelation, I think, a couple of them, but Michael Mason just named National FCS Defensive Player of the Year. He had a couple of sacks, a couple of forced fumbles, eight total tackles. He and Tanner Barnes seemed to give their line fits. They were in the Mercer offensive backfield just as much as the, the Mercer backfield was, Josh. Yeah, no, they had a uh, they had a tremendous game. Um, they were an issue to deal with. You know, the, the thing that we talk about is being disruptive. And obviously, I thought both of those guys were really disruptive forces. Uh, you know, I think the thing for us uh, moving forward here in the next seven games is just being able to keep the, keep those guys healthy, uh, keeping them playing at a really high level. 
you know, I think they both took somewhere between 56 snaps between both of them. Um, that's a little bit high. We'd like to keep that, that snap total down a little bit. Um, and again, what I'm looking at there, Jim, I'm looking at, you know, the totality of two seasons really back to back with only about two or three months in between. So uh, we want to continue that high production. We knew what those guys were. We felt like they were going to be as advertised. Some people had said, um, you know, Michael Mason deserved that honor that he got uh, just a tremendous force and obviously a huge, huge day, monster day. Um, and, and obviously uh, that uh, paid huge dividends for our defense and our football program. Yeah. And offensively, you talked about Wyrick's, you know, handle of the offense. We talked about four running backs scoring touchdowns. I think, though, the big story is balance. You, you rush for over 200 yards. You throw for about 180 yards. Mercer never knew what you were going to do, it seemed like. And when you can keep a defense on its heels, you could run your offense the way you want to. And I think that's exactly the way things transpired on Saturday. No, it really did. I felt like you know, Saturday's Saturday was kind of a glimpse of maybe what I envisioned, you know, personally two years ago uh, when, when I took the job here and just kind of seeing the evolution of it. Um, I wish I had more to do with that than, than maybe I do. Um, but I think, you know, like Coach Lang and their staff has done a tremendous job of finding answers. I said that after the game, that they find answers to the problems early. We've got a, a, a vast offense. We want to run the football. We want to control the line of scrimmage. But the thing that they did was they were able to control the game uh, by passing the football, which we haven't typically been able to do here. And so uh, with the forward pass, being able to do that and get the ball in space, and, and we've got guys in space that can that can run the ball as well and catch it, um, all those things were, were really good. And it's starting to, to look a little bit more like what we want it to look like, I think, moving forward into the future here. So 31 to 14, the final Whopper beats Mercer. When we come back, this season will move very quickly. As coach said, a look ahead to the Chattanooga mocks coming up next on the coach Josh Conklin show. And welcome back to the coach Josh Conklin show brought to you by RJ rockers. I'm Jim Noble and coach guess what? Another great unknown this weekend in Chattanooga. The mocks didn't play last week. They get to see you play one. You don't get to see them play any. It's, it's kind of a similar story. But also you go on the road for the first time during this wacky spring season. And that brings in different protocols, changes to the way you usually handle your business on the road in terms of travel. And, and, and we're going to play at a stadium that might not have any running water going on from what we hear from Chattanooga. So what adjustments have you and your staff had to make in preparation for this coming Saturday's game? I think the biggest thing for us, we're trying to do everything we can here um, at the stadium. You know, we want to, we don't want to stay at the hotel or be on the road for uh, any longer than we have to be. So, you know, a couple of things we've obviously got to keep in mind, you know, we'll, we'll practice here. We'll do our walkthroughs, our meetings here because we're set up to do that. We don't have to worry about the meeting space and social distancing and um, all those protocols because we've got them in place here already. So um, that should run pretty smoothly. Uh, we'll, we'll, grab a meal here at four o'clock or so, uh, we'll get on the bus. I know we'll be wearing, you know, we'll socially distance obviously on the bus and, and uh, we'll be wearing N95 masks to help protect everybody on the bus. Uh, but we'll travel up there, we get off, we, we grab our snack, um, go to bed and wake up and, and get ready to go in the morning. You know, typically I, I was telling you guys earlier, you know, typically we would have a, a buffet and um, sit down have team meals and you don't get to do those things. Um, so, you know, not stuff that we're not necessarily used to because we've been doing that here throughout the fall and, and the spring season so far. So um, a couple of things we got to overcome, but the biggest thing is we get a chance to go out and play on Saturday and, and uh, compete again. 
you know, Chattanooga has been one of those teams that seems to be on the verge of big things and haven't quite put a, a whole season together in terms of going ahead of winning a conference championship. But Rusty Wright has them certainly moving in the right direction. They always seem to have a massive offensive line. And, and now they've got skill players like Aleem Ford, uh, quarterback situation we're not quite sure of yet. Um, but that line always causes problems. So from a defensive standpoint, as you look at their offense and what they'll bring onto the field Saturday, what do you what do you need to take away from them? Well, I think the, you know, the biggest thing for us defensively is they do have a great ground attack. They know how they want to run the football. Uh, it comes down to really three concepts. You look at, you know, they have an outside zone scheme that they run real effectively. They've got an inside zone and a split zone that they run real effectively. And you can't really get a beat on when they're doing it, why they're doing it, how they're doing it. Um, and like you said, they've got enough skilled players at, at the, on the edges with their wide receivers that they can cause problems throwing the ball down the field. So, you know, all those things are, are things that present a lot of issues. And then you combine that with, and you said it with, with uh, Rusty, you know, I think the one thing that he has done a good job there and those guys compete, it was a really competitive game last year. It was a slugfest. Um, it's going to be a physical matchup. They want to run the ball. We want to run the ball. Um, and so those are the kind of games that you want to get yourself into, but you also understand it's going to be a physical deal and uh, both teams are going to be ready to go and, and, and ready to compete. This may be a weird question, but I was thinking of driving around today. You go on the road and you play a game on artificial turf. We don't have a, a turf practice field at Wofford. We do play uh, probably close to half of our games in conference on, on, on artificial turf. Does that present any kind of challenge for the equipment staff, getting your shoes right? You know, certain things that we as fans take for granted, but you guys have to worry about. Yeah, there's a there's a few things I think you've got to keep in mind and, and you try to work through whether it's, you know, the type of shoes that you're wearing, um, sometimes the footing, you know, for the most part, uh, we, they've got pretty good turf in this conference, you know, in terms of the, the type of turf that you're playing on or, or a natural turf that you're playing on field turf. So um, sometimes you can get yourself in a situation where it's not as good. Uh, but I think for the most part, you know, that they've got um, good surfaces in this conference, but it does change a little bit, you know, just based on what kind of shoes guys want to wear and mm -hmm. their footing. Um, that's probably the biggest thing, but if you're in conditions, if it's wet, um, you know, how does it hold up? Is it slick? Is it not slick? Um, all those are things that you kind of got to keep in mind, probably more so for the the kickers, the punters, um, guys that are snapping the football. Um, you know, th those, those things do come into, come into play. That was just an excuse for me to to give Andy Kaya a lot of praise for the way our field looked like. Yes. People on TV were saying, I don't know, I didn't know that Wofford changed artificial turf. And on the broadcast, we were saying they didn't. That's how good condition that field is. So a little yeah. shout out to Andy. He'll never let us hear the end of it now. But it field looks so good. And I know that's a great selling point for recruits and parents when you they know their kids can play on such a, a great safe surface as the one at Gibbs Stadium. When we come back, some of the new faces on the Wofford coaching staff, some of them have been there longer than others. Some of them haven't even unpacked, I don't think. That's coming up next on the Coach Josh Conklin Show. And welcome back to the Coach Josh Conklin Show, brought to you by RJ Rockers. Well, Coach, uh, we always think that you have to get next man up for the players from one year to the next. You, in the last few weeks, have had to go next man up with the coaching staff. First of all, uh, we wish nothing but the best to Sam Sipkis and, and, and Alan Smith, both going to the National Football League, the Vikings and the Texans, respectively. 
that's a testament to your staff. That's a testament to the type of people that you bring into the Whopper football system. If the NFL is looking at your guys and saying, hey, we've got some really good people here. Yeah, no, we do. Um, I think we've got, you know, I think that the challenge as a head coach is always to make sure you're trying to bring in um, the very best guys that you can, you know, and obviously, you know, we're going to be limited always with some, uh, you know, we're not an SEC or an ACC or a Big Ten where you just can't pay guys um, uh, enormous amounts of money. You know, that's not what it is. So when those guys get opportunities like that, uh, they they have to look at them. We talk about all those opportunities. Um, give my opinion. They give their imp- opinion and input, you know, but I mean that we got some young guys in the staff who are really intelligent, who are bright football coaches. Uh, I've always prided myself as a head coach in trying to, to surround myself with the very best guys that we can find. And I feel like our staff from, from top to bottom has those type of guys on it. So um, it was exciting to see, you know, Alan get that opportunity, Coach Cephas get the opportunity that he did. And, you know, I think I've told some people this too, Jim. I mean, you know, those guys didn't get to they, – they didn't choose to play in the spring. Um, you know, you can't hold that against anybody that decides to leave uh, during this time. Uh, those guys had opportunities that in a typical year uh, you replace them and, and you move on. You got eight months to get get the guys ready to go. So uh, never any hard feelings towards that. Uh, nobody should have any hard feelings. Um, that's the nature of the business. And opportunities present themselves, and you have to be able to, you know, decide if you want to take them or not. And those guys did. And, you know, again, my job as a head coach is to have a plan in place, and, and we put that plan in place. And um, I'm excited about the two guys that are here now. So you got to elevate, you got to hand out some promotions, first of all, which is always fun. Rob Green, now a defensive coordinator, he'll continue to overlook the safeties. You know, Paul Holmes gets bumped up to the uh, defensive backs. You bring in a couple of guys, Luke Johnson, Brian Bing. Tell us about them. Yeah, so Luke Johnson was here before. He was as a, uh, working as a quality control um, guy on defense. Um, sharp guy, was at uh, the University of North Dakota for a few years before he came here. Um, was a Coach Sikas connection. Um, but, again, a guy that came down here, he earned it. He learned learned the defense, um, knew kind of the linebacker play. To me, it was a natural fit, uh, a guy that's going to just continue to get better. And then, you know, Brian Bing uh, is coming from the University of Pittsburgh, uh, been around a defensive line coach that I think is one of the best in, in the country with Charlie Partridge up there. Um, they arguably had one of the best defensive lines in the country this past season. Uh, but he's a guy, you know, not just because he's from there, but also uh, because he he came highly recommended um, as a guy that said, hey, this guy can control his own room. Um, very bright, very detailed. And those are the type of guys that we want to bring into the program and, and guys that have the potential to be, you know, coordinators someday. And, and I think that uh, all those guys have that ability if they continue to grow and continue to develop. Especially in regard with Brian, normally you've got three months to work with guys before your first game. He had about three practices uh, how did, how was that on game day? Did 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 players have to wear those "Hi, my name is" name tags for, or did he step right in? It it sure seemed seamless from up top. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, he did a really good job. I mean, he came in and we really kind of learned the game plan, and, and we got him caught up to speed. And you know, I think the one thing it says too about our our program, and I've been I've we preach this all the time. You know, it's it's about our players. Our players run the program. Our play, it's about our players being the program and that's kind of the culture that we have so uh you know you you come in and you think there's this the coach is kind of mandating or dictating what's going on with the players and he does but it's it's a it's so much of a two-way street as far as the the coaches and the players both working together to kind of get the best product and so where 
he didn't know maybe what was going on with some things that the players helped him out. And then obviously he was able to help the players out with some stuff and that way they'll continue to grow and continue to get better as the season goes on. Well, it was awful fun to watch it all come together on Saturday. Certainly hope that it does again at Finley stadium in Chattanooga this coming Saturday. Before we go, I gosh, the, since the last coaches show your, your kids are almost a year and a half bigger, you know, you it, it's now we finally kick off year three of the Josh Conklin era at, at Wofford. What was it like in the fall for a coach that's usually putting in, you know, 80 to a hundred hours a week and, and without, without a game to look forward to, especially once the final decision was made, did it result in some more family time? Were you able to do some things that you just can't do during the fall in that respect? Yeah, we actually did. I mean, we had some time together um, as a family and, and maybe got to do some things that you typically wouldn't do, you know, in the fall uh, around Halloween or, or Thanksgiving. I mean, obviously it wasn't the same because of the, because of the COVID virus, but um, you know, I think, I think like everybody, um, you know, during this, the last year um, it's been, it's been, it's been tough. I think on, on families, it's been tough emotionally and um, mentally, um, especially, you know, this is our, this is our livelihood. This is what we love to do. Um, but when your whole world kind of revolves around, like you said, the coaching cycle and you've got a family that has been a part of it for, ever since we've been together, um, there were some adjustments that needed to be made. So we made the best of it and tried to do the, as much as we could together. And, um, but watched way too much football together. I don't think <laughs> I'll ever get comfortable with that. I and mean, we'd come home and watch Saturday games and go, I don't know if we like this. I mean, we're, we're not going to turn into a tailgating family watching the SEC or <laughs> ACC every weekend. We kind of enjoy doing our own. Hey, we really hope that those guys are watching us play this spring. Hopefully the FCS gets some eyeballs on it that it might not ordinarily get when you go head to head with the, uh, with the big schools in the fall and Hey, it might work out. I don't want it to be permanent. Let me make that clear. No but one time, one time we'll go ahead and roll with it. Josh, always a pleasure. Best of luck. Safe travels. We'll see you in Chattanooga. We'll see you every week for the next couple of months and a great, great win to kick things off. I appreciate it. Sounds good. Thanks, Jim. All right. For Josh Conklin, I'm Jim Noble saying so long till next week. This has been the Coach Josh Conklin Show brought to you by RJ Rockers.